Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. Hey friends, it's Tamara here. I am so excited to bring you the first of two solo episodes by Mara Thomas. Mara Thomas is the MVP or VIP of ASBX. She has contributed 26 blog posts, participated in six podcast episodes thus far, and is now gifting Artist Soapbox listeners with her own two solo episodes, and they are amazing. You'll hear Mara speak with her trademark honesty, vulnerability, wisdom, and humor about her own journey through the pandemic and her thoughts on how we as creatives can navigate this perpetually liminal space with courage and compassion. Enjoy. Hey, friends. It's really nice to talk to you. Before we really get into it, I just want to let you know that there will be links to many things in the show notes, so if you hear something that strikes a chord, we'll have more resources at your proverbial fingertips. Also, we always love to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, anything else, drop us a line. Truly, it would make our day. Now, sincere question. How are you? It's nearly impossible for me to answer that question during normal times, and even more absurd to expect an easy answer after these past, what, 17-plus months? There's never really an easy answer anyway, I mean, at least not in my experience. So here's the complicated answer. Depending on the day, or even the moment in the day, I might be sad, or inspired, or full of dread, or motivated, or lethargic, or focused, or angry, or grateful, or completely unmoored. Since early 2020, and I'm sure many of you can relate, there has been a lot of change in my life. Not only have we all collectively lived through a year and a half of uncertainty and loss, having our worlds and our family's worlds flipped upside down, For me personally, I've been navigating a new path. I'm studying clinical mental health counseling and starting my own business as I look to make a midlife career pivot. At the same time, I lost the job I had for over 13 years, taking away a sense of stability and security. And I know so many of you have felt that particular blow this past year as well. Another challenge of the past year for me has been my health. Since early 2020, I've been experiencing health problems that bear a lot of resemblance to long COVID. I got sick before the pandemic was in the news, so I never got tested back then. But whether it was COVID or not, since I got sick, I have never been the same. I used to run long distances. In 2019, I even completed a marathon. Now I can't run three miles without walking three or four times. And more than that, my brain seems to have this perpetual state of cloudiness. Like when you put your glasses back on after you've had them off for a while, and then you realize, oh my gosh, look how dirty these lenses are. That's how my brain feels. It's like I can function, but I know there's a film over it. 
And from time to time when I'm speaking out loud, even the simplest words and phrases are sometimes hard to recall in the moment, and I get stalled out mid-sentence, which is frustrating and kind of embarrassing sometimes. This past spring, I wrestled with bouts of fatigue, another first for me. I had days where I slept all day, and other days where even the simplest tasks like checking email or responding to text just felt completely overwhelming. My brain was so foggy that driving felt dangerous. I had a lot of tests done. They sent my blood work off to be analyzed. And the good news is they couldn't find anything demonstrably wrong. And essentially, I'm a healthy person. The bad news is I don't have any answers about why it was happening or if it's likely to happen again. For those of you who live with chronic fatigue, my heart really goes out to you. It's completely immobilizing, and I hope you have the support around you that you need. Now for some good updates from the past year. During the pandemic, I turned 40. I fell in love and got married. What? I know, right? (laughs) I joined the ranks of backyard chicken farmers because that's what I needed, more animals. For those of you keeping score at home, I am up to three dogs, one cat, and now 10 chickens. Send help, please. But even these happy and good changes can wake up sleeping dragons. I mean, after all, what's scarier and gets us more into our irrational fear brains than getting close to someone? Now that I'm married to a person who can really walk with me through the vulnerable, embarrassing, difficult parts of my life, I'm feeling them in a new way. If that sounds super uncomfortable, you're right. (laughs) It is. It's like I simultaneously feel like I know myself better than I ever have, but I'm also completely self-conscious and my confidence just flew out the window. What a fun combo. However, it's dawning on me that this might be the painful part of the growth process that's actually helping us facilitate true intimacy. I'm making the choice to be candid about my insecurities with my spouse so I don't let old patterns sabotage the life we're building. Plus, doing that really hard work of intentionally changing the old behaviors. Would I rather skip this part? Absolutely! Do I think it will be worth it in the long run? Without a doubt, of course. On top of all this personal upheaval, there's the isolation of quarantine and the complete shutdown of live, in-person performance. My band, Cold Cream, played its last show on March 11th, 2020, one of the very last days that mass gatherings were allowed. It was surreal to be there, with all the news swirling around us, not really knowing what was going to happen. And basically, the next day, all the doors slammed shut, and pretty much everything in our lives changed. At the same time, of course, we were all optimistic that things would be contained and we'd be back to normal by the summer. I was gearing up for a production of one of my plays in Durham in June, and we were still thinking that it would be possible. Of course, as circumstances quickly revealed, there was no way that was going to be possible. Losing the ability to play with my band, to see live performances, to be in the room with other people, to co-create in spaces together, I'm still feeling that loss. I want to honor that none of that is on the same level as the truly life-or-death decisions people have had to make when they're facing economic insecurity and actual mortality this past year. 
However, losing this connection to our collective community expression ushered in its own form of grief for me. Mostly, I've responded to the grief by completely ignoring it, aka denial. Trying to focus on other things, I've kept myself busy by expanding my garden, starting my new school program, devouring books. But what I wasn't doing was playing music or writing creatively in any form. No songwriting, no long-form brain dumps that might turn into a blog post or a short story. It was like I put that part of me in a box and put a big padlock on it. I couldn't engage with it because, it honestly, it was just too sad. On Artist Soapbox, we've talked about comparison being an obstacle to creativity. In the past year, some people have found ways to engage with creativity on Zoom or playing music on Facebook or Instagram Live. That's awesome. More power to them all. Personally, I just can't do it. I'm glad that others can and do, but there was something about engaging with this treasured part of life through a screen that amplified the sadness for me. On the radio one morning, they featured a theater group that was adapting to the current reality, and the interviewer set up the segment by saying, During the pandemic, some theater artists are satisfied reading plays on Zoom, but this group wanted more. And I was like, so many of us want more. We're trying to stay sane. We are trying to stay connected to one another. I realized this was just a bit of ham-fisted writing, but it really got under my skin probably because it contained this subtle and false comparison that if you haven't found a way to harness your creativity and adapt, you know, in like six months, then the problem is you. You're not adaptable enough. What are you even doing with your life? How can you actually claim to be creative? And then I recall the wise words of my friend, songwriter Juliana Finch, who said, this is not downtime. This is a global pandemic. Exactly. There's no template for this. There's no way to know how you're going to process this until you're in it. And I think for most of us, how we're processing it really depends on the day. For anyone out there who is struggling with comparison, with seeing other people manage to find new forms of expression or generate new work during the past year, I'm here to say, I get it. Me too. It feels like that entire part of me, which is a pretty big part, has been offline for over a year. I look at my guitar, gathering dust, and I just shrug. I submerge myself in the words of other writers, but I feel no pull to do any writing of my own. But here's the difference between Mara, age 40, with 17 months of pandemic experience, and Mara at an earlier point in the trajectory. I know my creativity is still there. I can trust that. I know I will feel that pull again. Just because things are dormant doesn't mean they're gone. I'm grateful for this perspective because I know how it feels to doubt myself and feel washed up and like I should just move on and let those dreams die. Well, if I had done that when I was 32, I would have missed out on so much. So much was on its way to me, but I had to get through some other parts of life in order to be ready, in order to get there in order to have the experiences that actually fed the writing and that informed the performances. And right now, so many of us are in that messy, uncertain middle part. The part between, I used to do this, and I'm doing this again. 
There's a great Brene Brown podcast on this. We're going to link to it in the show notes, just all about the messy middle, where you're far enough in that there's no going back, but you still haven't made it to the other side. This is the part that sucks. To anyone who needs to hear this, in the past year plus, if your priorities have shifted, that's okay. If you haven't produced anything, that's okay. If you've lost momentum, that's okay. If you've spent parts of the past year numbed out eating Cheetos in your bathrobe, that's okay. Not that I speak from personal experience or anything. To put it another way, not directly engaging with your creativity doesn't mean it's gone and it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. There is no wrong. There's no such thing. All right, soapboxers, that's it for today. But surprise, I've got a follow-up episode where we get into the now what question. Now what? What comes next? Where do we start? How do we start? I hope you'll tune in for that conversation. And again, please see the show notes for links to some of the things I mentioned today. Thank you so much for being part of our beloved community. Till next time. Did you know that Artist Soapbox turns four years old this year? If you've found value, inspiration, education, commiseration, or just a laugh, please become a patron and help us do all the things we hope to do for you. There are links in the show notes about ways to support Artist Soapbox, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash artist soapbox. Thanks so much.